0: Welcome to the Invest With Clarity podcast, where you will learn how success in investing, as in life, is the result of absolute clarity. Mark Pearson of Nepsis in Minneapolis, Minnesota, shares his passion for portfolio management and commitment to transparency and communication to allow investors to fully understand what they own and why, bringing them to clarity in their investments. And now... Here are your co-hosts, Matt Halloran and Mark Pearson. All right, hello and welcome to another Invest With Clarity podcast with Mark Pearson. We were preparing for the podcast today and Mark said that there's a dirty dozen of biases out there, twelve different biases that he's talked about on the radio show, and we've actually covered a couple of them here on the podcast. But today we're going to highlight three of the twelve. But Mark, before we highlight those specific three, would you mind kind of just busting through the twelve and then talk about the three we're going to talk about today? Okay. Well, first of all,
1: uh, you know, obviously these podcasts get dropped. You know, they get produced and dropped at a later date, right? So i i want to give a f- I want to give a frame of reference for today for future people who will listen to this podcast. And we'll look at a much different world in the future than we are at today. Okay, because as we're doing this right now, as you know, Matt, the S and P five hundred is down right now two point three four percent. The ACWI is down two point four four. They were both down close to three percent earlier in the day. It's September or it's uh, August fourteenth of two thousand nineteen. This coincides with huge volatility we had in May. Huge volatility we've had in July into August here. And of course, the fourth quarter of 2018, massive pullback of 20%. Thank goodness for that, right? So I thought it was time to bring out the dirty dozen. And the dirty dozen, of course, is the 12 investment biases that investors have and affect in decision decision making uh, for various reasons at different points based on experience. And so today, I thought, in light of the volatility, a.k.a. the sale that's going on, because on the the media today, all I'm hearing people talk about is the market. The market's doing this. The market's doing that. The economy's going to do this. The economy's going to do that. Since 1926, we've had 14 recessions. 14 recessions since 1926. And the hyper-focus on whether or not we're heading into another recession right now is mind-blowing. And it's almost like, you're getting bullied by the media into the idea you're going to have a recession and you should sell all your investments. When the contrary should be, you should be picking up great businesses that are on sale. All that said, I'm a little bit hyped up today, as you can tell. Uh, the yeah. three three biases we're going to discuss are hindsight bias, hindsight is always 2020, isn't it, Biggie? Absolutely. Recency bias and snake bite bias. Do, do you mind uh, just blowing through the other nine real quick? Sure, we've discussed uh, quite often. I don't say quite often. But we've discussed in the past the anchor bias, mm-hmm. uh, the boomerang bias, confirmation bias, and maybe we'll do another podcast and some of these other biases later. Deception bias, despondency bias. Some are predisposed, by the way, to skepticism and cynicism. Did you know that? I How many never people, knew you know that. like that in the investment world. <laughs> too many. Yep. Framing bias, the old get even bias. I'm just going to get even and get out mm-hmm. Overconfidence bias, reference point bias. And then of course, the three that I mentioned we'll cover today, which are hindsight bias, recency effect bias, and snake bite bias. Incidentally, uh, recency bias is the phenomenon that exists not only in investing, but everyday life where people tend to remember events that just recently occurred in greater detail than those events that occurred a while ago. You know, as you know, in the 1990s, the U S was in the greatest bull market in its history. And we thought 15% annual stock market returns would last forever. Funny, true story. I sat down with a guy. He was confident in his youth, uh, 1998, and he says to me, if you can't get me 20% returns per year, I might as well invest in the S and P 500 because I don't need you. And I re- I remember very specifically saying to him, you live in freaking la la land. <laughs> and if you think 20% returns per year are going to last for a while, you're on another planet. Of course, uh, I ended up being <laughs> acutely correct only a year and a half later for all for that matter so in the 1990s when everyone was you know expecting 15% this guy expected 20 of course he was a little bit more greedy and conversely since 2008 investors have hoarded trillions of dollars of cash waiting for the next financial crisis there's more cash per gdp sitting on the sidelines today than there was at the bottom of the financial crisis you just think about that as it turns out for recency bias and i was on twitter this morning i haven't been tweeting much matt and by the way, if I'm a little bit fired up, uh, there, there may be a reason for that. As you know, here at Nepsis, we are very vocal about the idea that we believe successful investing begins with knowing what you own and why you own it. Begins with that. Everything else behind that, philosophy, strategy, flexibility, transparency, buy discipline, sell discipline, falls behind the idea of knowing what you own and why you own it. Because when you know what you own and why you own it, you have the ability to frame out decisions in a much more clear manner, i.e. nepsis, i.e. clarity. Which is why we say our mission at nepsis is to be a financial services firm driven to provide the power of clarity to the individual investor so that they can accomplish their investment and planning goals. With the vision, of course, Uncle Matt, we want to help change the investing world one investor at a time through the power of clarity.
0: And we have to be able to give those people and and, and help them gain that clarity by having them realize that they have these biases. And and I, I like I think the three you chose today, Mark, are awesome. Uh, because they are <clears throat> well, first of all I didn't know what the third one was. Uh, so I'm excited for you to talk about that, the snake bite bias. But yeah, but hindsight and recency. This is like foundational bias. Let's Let's break those down, dude. Right? Well, hindsight bias, of course, is
1: the age-old saying that hindsight is always 2020. 20. And you know, it, investors have an, a, a keen ability to always go <laughs> to show you the one bad investment mistake you've made at the time. It may not turn out to be a bad investment mistake, but at the time, all people are doing is taking a snapshot in time. I'm going to give you a very specific example. I owned a company. It was called American Capital Strategies. It was a $47 stock in 2006. Okay, this is a great story. Great story. I'm biased, of course. I wonder if they have a story bias. That was supposed to be funny, Matt. You're, 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 you're making me just swim out here on my own, aren't you?
0: uh so there is a story bias by the way but it's like <laughs> oh, a logical thing so oh. i'm really surprised it hasn't made its way into the investment 12 bias dirty dozen world. Uh, but uh, Yeah, apparently apparently. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to
1: check that one out so anyway <laughs> long story longer i started buying the stock at like 45 it had like a 7 percent dividend in 2006 not to go into all the intimate details but starting to buy at 45 44 somewhere that went to 47 and peaked in 07 and it bottomed at $0.62 cents during the financial crisis. This is really important. So this is really, really important. I had an investor at the time, a client of, uh, of an advisor, who said to me, quote, why? And at that time, by the way, the stock was at $2. He says to me, why didn't you sell that stock? It's at $2. You rode that stock all the way down from 47 to $2 and didn't sell it. Why didn't you sell it? And I said to the investor, let me ask you a question. Do you know if the long-term, I'm not that, I didn't ask him that for it. The first question I asked him was, do you know how much impact that stock going from 47 to $2 has had on your overall portfolio? Of course he didn't because he was focused on one stock, right? I said, well, the impact currently at $2 is that this stock has had about a two percentage point impact negatively to your portfolio, two percentage points. And at that time, of course, the S&P is down like 30%, 32% at the time, two percentage points. I said, the next question I have for you is, do you know if the long-term fundamentals have changed? And he said, of course he didn't. He doesn't know that. That's what I pay you for is what they all say, right? Exactly. That's why we're still holding it. And the long term fundamentals hadn't changed. And incidentally, the stock not only didn't stop at two bucks, went to 62 cents at the bottom. Here's what's interesting the power of strategic cost averaging. To end the story, because we don't, you know, we're on a limited time basis here. We started buying that stock back at $2 a share back in March or April of 2009. Okay. And at $5 a share, they did a dollar dividend in stock. Think about that. A dollar dividend in stock at five bucks. It was 2013 or 2014. We held the stock, it was 14, because we held the stock from 06 to 014. We held it for eight years. And I would tell investors... You'll love this, Matt. I would tell investors how powerful the power of strategic cost averaging is in investing long-term in great businesses because here's what I told investors. We sold that stock in 2014 for an average price of $14 to $15 a share. Remember, it got a dollar dividend at five in stock. Sold it at $14 to $15 a share. The worst- Rate of return was the client who started buying at 45 in 2006, right?
0: Sure.
1: On average, roughly speaking, their average rate of return over those eight years for that position was over 10% per year, not including dividends. Wow. Now, here's and the a big huge law.
0: dividend.
1: That does not. Here, not. It does include the stock, but does not include uh, cash dividends that are paid out. Now, here's what's baffling. You'd be surprised how many investors could not grasp the idea that Mm -hmm. you bought a stock at 45, sold it at 15, and made an average rate of return of 10%. Most people that we told that story to, Matt, could not understand how that's possible. That in and of itself Mm -hmm. is highly scary because it tells you that the investor does not fundamentally understand. The power of volatility, the power of continually investing in something over time. Now, the stock could have easily gone on the toilet and gone bankrupt and and strategic cost averaging maybe wouldn't have worked. But if you have a portfolio of 25 to 30 companies, not all of them are going to go in the tank when you strategically cost average into them, right? And so there are examples after examples we've used in the past about the power of buying businesses on sale only to see them go up over time. Uh, two final points on that. Number one, uh, two weeks later after we fired that client because they were myopic in their thinking about one stock, no one stock, here's what we tell our clients long-term, no one, no one stock makes or breaks a long-term, not short-term, long-term performance of a portfolio. It is every position working together in the asset allocation long-term to accomplish the investment goals and planning goals. Two weeks later, the guy comes back and was begging for us to take him back because, you know, that stock had and the markets at that time were rebounding. Mm-hmm. And we said, uh, no, thank you. And of course, the rest is history. He sold the stock at $2 and hey, short-term thinking can be a bummer. That, my friend, is hindsight bias. The guy comes back and says, geez, I wish, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And one of my favorite phrases I use on the radio show and I use with investors all the time when they question me on things, I always say this, I've never met an armchair quarterback that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's right when they're an armchair quarterback. So the whole age old saying of hindsight is always twenty-twenty definitely gives rise to this particular bias. Investors kid themselves into thinking they can forecast the future as past events make perfect sense to them. Of course, only after they have actually occurred, of cu- yeah. course, an investor will submit that they knew the outcome of a macroeconomic event all along when they truly have changed their minds along the way to fit with the truth afterwards. Can I just tell you that it is hard for me to remember the last time I heard these so-called experts that come on CNBC. This is no slam against CNBC, by the way. Uh, great, great, great channel for getting news. Uh, I I can't remember the last time I haven't heard someone come on and say, you know what, we were flat out wrong. We got the decision just flat out wrong about what the S&P 500 was going to do. Instead, we get, well, we got a little bit conservative back at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, by springtime, we were a little bit more bullish. And so we added to equities a little bit. And then two months ago, before this volatility all started, we got a little bit more cautious again. And we're just collecting some dry powder for the next opportunity. I mean, they build hindsight into their commentary as if they're never wrong. They're never wrong.
0: Because but that's really markets, even, and it, it just hooks them right into this whole idea of the recency bias too, doesn't it? Exactly I mean, don't go right. I, you you are such a good setup,
1: man. The recency effect bias is a phenomenon that exists only in the investing, not only in investing, but in everyday life where people tend to remember events that just recently occurred in greater detail than those events that happened a while ago, right? So, everyone is focused in the last six to nine months about all this volatility, never mind the fact how high the value of investments are since 2016. But we won't get into that. So, in the 1990s, the US was in the greatest bull market in its history, and we thought 15% stock market returns would last forever. And of course, 2008, uh, the financial crisis, people sit in cash. People view recent events in making the decisions as opposed to looking at the fundamentals. Because the fact of the matter is, the past does not necessarily mean it's going to happen in the future. Investing in businesses since inception of the world and investing has always been about perception being nine-tenths the law. say it all the time. What do I mean by perception being nine-tenths the law? The value of a business is relative. It is not absolute. It can be price to sales. It can be uh, price to earnings. It can be peg ratio, uh, price versus earnings growth rate. It can be return on equity. It can be return on assets. It can be market potential. People use different valuation metrics to determine the value of something. Value is perception. Perception is nine tenths of value. If if perception was not the foundational viewpoint, right, of the value of something, Amazon would never be in the position it's in right now because nobody remembers, speaking of recency vice, <laughs> no one remembers that Amazon lost money forever and ever and ever and ever, only to become one of the largest companies in the US stock market history. So price to earnings ratio and beta had nothing to do with people's perception of the value of Amazon. And because investors are trained, Matt, because I'm listening to it on TV all day today, that the focus is on, quote unquote, the market and the economy. We've had 14 recessions since 1926. I'm sorry, if you invested in 1926 and invest, and were still invested today and didn't do a single thing and lived through 14 recessions, would you have done okay, Uncle Matt? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All, let me, let me say this very clearly and very distinctly. All recessions are, are an opportunity to take advantage of investing in great businesses on sale, period, end of story. And when you take into account hindsight, when you take into account recency, and you take into account snakebite, which we'll cover, the mere fact that people have biases as opposed to sticking to process, they hinder their ability to be successful. Remember, we always tell our investors, we always tell our advisors, we don't sell investment management. We don't sell financial planning. We don't sell, frankly, financial services at all. What we do sell is a process. And process is what enables someone to accomplish the goals, whether it's investment or planning, over time. And the process that we use is time-tested and has served investors well for decades upon decades. Know what you own
0: and why you own it, Biggie. Yeah. Let, let's say let's say you're walking out into the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's potentially going to be snakes there, right? Yes, if I you have a snakes. process, right? Yes. If you have a process, like you know, like a snake bite freaking kit, or yes. I don't know, leather chaps or something, uh, right?
1: Or or, kit, or good tennis or or good tennis <laughs>
0: shoes, and you can run the heck out right. of there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting because because with hindsight and with with recency bias, process. Well, really, all of the dirty dozen process trumps all of this. Agreed. But I think that your definition of snake bite is interesting to me because even though I know I have good running shoes or leather chaps or, or a snake bite kit, the snake bite bias, there's still a fear factor there, even if that snake bite never happened to you. So elaborate, please. Yes, thank you very much. Do you want to know why the snake bite still uh, is
1: there? Because people don't know what they own and they don't know why they own it, period, end of story. That's why. And the focus for investors is on modern portfolio theory, not to go deep in the woods on that, but investors have been trained for decades now that you don't invest in businesses, you invest in markets. And the fact of the matter is you don't invest in markets, you invest in businesses. I don't care if you own mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. The reality is the fact of the matter is that investors lack investment clarity. And I, I, look, Matt, I get it. A lot of people, I mean, um, if if you didn't want to know, if you were going to go into those woods, let's turn your analogy around a little bit. Let's say that you uh, obviously don't know if there's a snake in those woods or not, right? So you go into the woods and you realize once you get into the woods that There's a snake there and you got to get out, right? Okay. But what happens if you knew there was a snake in those woods, but you still needed to get in those woods and you prepared yourself accordingly that if a snake came at you and it bit you, you wouldn't get hurt because you had protection on or you stared clear of where that snake was.
0: Yeah. Amen, brother. That's 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 the analogy. Yeah, clarity, clarity, absolutely. Right.
1: So I tweeted this morning. I think you'll get a kick out of this. I tweeted this morning. I can't find it off the top of my head right now. But basically, the tweet was the idea that a couple years from now, what's going to happen is investors are going to look back two years from now. They're going to look back and ask themselves, "Why didn't I invest in Chinese blue chip companies at these levels today?" So today, I said, a couple years from now, people will be asking themselves, why didn't I invest in Chinese blue chips at these levels? Uh, And I said, thanks for the sale. I mean, at least I need to be cordial and tell people, thank you for allowing me to buy the businesses on sale. Um, Because the fact of the matter is that regardless of what's happening right now, uh, people don't even remember the Asian contagion. People don't even remember the Chinese currency crisis back in the 1990s, right? But look at how they've performed over time. Short term thinkers. That gets back to your snake bite bias. That gets back to all the biases. The mere fact that nepsis, the power of clarity, the idea, the power of knowing what you own and why you own it
0: enables you to stick to your process. Well, Mark, I hope that we dive into uh, more of the biases because I think it's so vital for people to understand that there are ways to get over these biases. And, and as G.I. Joe used to say at the end of every cartoon, knowing is half the battle. If you don't know you have these biases, then there's no way for you to gain the awareness and realize that there are solutions, which Nepsis happens to be that solution. Well said. Well said, my friend. All right. Well, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And you know, surprisingly, if there is a topic that you would like to have Mark cover, why don't you go ahead and just, uh, Mark, who should they email?
1: Uh, email info at investwithclarity.com info at investwithclarity.com. Someone will get it and we will, uh, we
0: will take a look at it. You know, we might want to do like a, a top 10 questions that you get podcast. I don't think we've done that yet. Ooh. So let's, uh, let's put a pin in that and we'll yeah, talk about that. that for sure. All right. Well, Mark, thank you very much for your thought leadership again today. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. If you know somebody who should hear this podcast, make sure you click that share button. Super, super easy to do that. And also just make sure that you keep us on your player so that when Mark comes out with a new idea, it'll show up on your listening device. For everybody at Nepsis, please make sure that you invest with clarity and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Very soon. The content discussed is for informational purposes only. It is not a solicitation or recommendation for any securities that may be mentioned herein. Advisory services offered through Napsys Inc., an SEC registered investment advisor.